0: <laughs> yes sir yes sir you guys thought i wouldn't be back in the mix even though it's the off season are you kidding man it's your boy Torres paler she's b writer for the kansas city star and i'm on a solo mission representing for the rest of the A team. My man sam mellinger blair kirkhoff by gregorian all my guys are out on assignment so this week you guys just get me but i got a good show for you guys man even though it is just me uh, Last week or so, I've been in Carolina watching the Carolina Panthers uh, win the NFC title. And after that, I went to Mobile, Alabama to uh, to check out the Senior Bowl, one of my favorite events every year. Get to watch talent, um, see some scouts, talk to them, really kind of get a good feel for this year's draft class. You guys know I love the whole drafting thing. That's what I'm all about. But, you know, the best thing about the, the Senior Bowl, man, is that A lot of people are there, like smart football men are there, right? And, uh, you know, I was able to talk to a lot of guys, and I'm going to bring you some of these interviews today. Uh, First guy I'm sure you know of for sure is Lewis Riddick. He's an analyst on ESPN, one of the smartest football men out there in the media. Um, Used to be a player personnel guy uh, with with, with some different organizations. So, I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about, and he's plugged into the Chiefs organization too, so – I made sure I talked to him about uh, just what he saw from this year's team and where they need to improve. And I also asked him about Eric Fisher and D. Ford because I wanted to know what he thought about those guys. Those are the cats you guys are always asking me about. So i let I let uh, a real personnel guy, like a real guy who knows football talent, kind of give you his uh, opinion on what's going on with those guys. Uh, so I think you're really going to like this interview. It's only about five minutes, and I apologize for the wind noise, but – uh, I think if you want to know more about the Chiefs, you got to listen to Lewis, because Lewis knows what he's talking about. Um, in the second part of the podcast, I talked to Chuck Smith. Now, if you remember Chuck Smith. He was a really good defensive end in the NFL for a long time, uh, uh, back you know in early 2000s, late 90s. This guy was a good player, so he knows pass rush, and he's really passionate about it. And if you've read me before, you know I've like quoted him before just about the art of the pass rush. I mean, this is one of my guys. And right now he's training pass rushers. That's his thing. That's his trade. Uh, he's all about uh, uh, about training young young defensive ends and outside linebackers and interior attackers too. About the art of the pass rush, how to get home to the quarterback. He's got five prospects in this year's Senior Bowl. Um, some of them did pretty well too. And you know we talked for a good fifteen minutes about D Ford because D Ford is a guy that he used to train. I mean, that was one of his guys. Um, and he's worked with D before, too. So D's coming off a, a better sophomore year. He's certainly more productive this year because he played more. And he also made some strides, too, learned not to set the edge better against the run. But, you know, you'll see that the big thing with him, and I think Chuck's going to get into this better than I could ever, but, you know, just setting up his pass rush moves, he's got to have more than a speed rush. And that's got to be the offseason focus for him this year. But I, I think Chuck gives us some really good, um, some thoughts on his development and where he's got to go to take the next step. So, you know, again, I know there's a little different podcast for you guys you are used to the banter between the fours, sometimes five of us. And I miss that too, man. I miss my guys in here, but look, man, I'm, I'm committed to getting this podcast going. I know we got to be here every week for you. I'm not going to abandon you. Um, and I think if you really love the Chiefs, there's a market for it. You guys want to hear about them. Every week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and have something for you every week, even if it's just interviews with interesting people. Um, Same sometimes, sometimes maybe we'll have the A team come in or a few members or so. I'm um, just you know there's stuff coming up, man. Hey guys, in a month it'll be the NFL Combine. <laughs> you know that's my thing. You guys really think I wouldn't have interviews for you from that? So stay tuned, man. We're gonna have a lot of stuff for you this offseason. And in March we got a free agency. You know I'm gonna have stuff for you. So. Um, if you're listening right now, I appreciate that, and we're gonna we're gonna get cranking right now on this Lewis Riddick, Riddick interview. Remember, I apologize for the wind noise. we were outside; uh, it was a little cold, but if you stick with it, I think you'll learn a little bit about your team. So, um, just stick with it, listen to it, and uh, I'll give you my thoughts on some of the things Lewis said afterward. Okay, all right, here we go. Hey man, you watching the Chiefs this
1: year? I just want to know, like, what do you think is the biggest reason?
0: Just, what did you see from this team?
1: People always want to know what you think about these guys. Yeah, yeah, I think with Andy Reid in particular, he's a guy whose teams always seem to come on late in the year. He has tough training camps. I think players physically do a good job of recovering and kind of ascending into the latter part of the season. It's something that always happened in Philadelphia with us. And then he does a great job of taking care of guys physically at the end of the year, too, as far as changing up practices, really cutting down the hitting, giving them days off, especially when they win. And They won a bunch of games in a row, oh, yeah. so you know they got a bunch of days off. And I mean he has good leadership in that locker room, without a doubt. I mean, Alex Smith is a good leader. Justin Houston, I mean, they, they have a good group of players. The schedule worked out to their favor. So it was a, a whole bunch of things. You can't really point to one thing, but sure. a whole bunch of things that kind of worked in their favor. I'd love to know what you think about Marcus Peters as a yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Look, I, I had my concerns, like a lot of people did, but I, I was very vocal about the fact that I had my concerns about whether or not he'd be a good teammate. And from everything that I heard down there, he was a plus, Me too. which is a yeah. great sign not only for Marcus himself, but for the support system that they have down there as far as bringing him along, and having guys like uh, like mm-hmm. Emmett Thomas and those guys really mentor him and teach him just what it means to grow up in the National Football League and be a great a great person and a great teammate and. And be someone who can play a long, long time. And so I have nothing but respect for how the kid handled himself and how that organization put their arms around him and and helped him grow up. And look, he he turned in a a, a tremendous year for him. A few more things for you. I'd be curious to know what you think of Eric Fisher's development this year and also D4. Those are guys fans always zoom in on. Sure.
0: You're a pro, so tell yeah, us what yeah, you I think. I
1: think, Eric, I think Eric Fisher is always going to be the guy who people are going to want more because of where he was drafted. When you're first overall like that, the expectations are always going to be unreasonable. He'll never be able to match those because I don't ever think he was really a quote-unquote number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. But will he be good enough for them to win with? Well, he was good enough for them to make it to what the divisional round. So obviously he was, he, he's, he's been fine. I just don't – I think – people need to kind of really just readjust their expectations. He's not going to be an all-pro, Hall of Fame-worthy type of uh, left tackle. As far as D. Ford is concerned, you know, he's interesting to me because he's a guy who I liked a lot coming out of Auburn. I think as long as you allow D. to be who he is, which is really a speed pass rusher who can get off the edge and rush the passer and not try to put him into situations where he's just not going to excel or rather hold the things against him – that he doesn't do well and, and allow those to kind of, you know, make you not want to like him as much as you should, then you'll be fine. But if you if you start really beating him down about the things that he can't do that well, look, he's not a guy who you just sit on the line of scrimmage and make him set the edge and play the run. That's not his deal. Put him in there on third down, let him get up the field, let him rush the passer. Highlight his strengths and try to minimize his weaknesses. And I think the more coaches do that, better off they are with players, and D is no exception. Last thing here, um, Chiefs fans want to know, man, what do you think they need to add to,
0: in your opinion, what, what are some of the areas you think they should fortify to get this thing to the next level next year?
1: Man? I, I think it continues to be offensively. You know, Jeremy's going to need some help. They have the makings of a nice group of group weapons. I mean Chris Conley will have to take another step. Kelsey will take another step. Jeremy needs to stay healthy take another step. They need another one. They need one more. They need to continue to have Alex Smith really try to like open up the offense as much as possible. I don't think Alex is ever going to be what, again, a number one overall draft pick is going to be as far as when you're talking about a quarterback. But they need to just continue to open up that offense and be even more explosive. Defensively, they're going to be fine. They're going to be a strong football team. The secondary will be strong again. Justin will come back healthy. D has to take another step because Tomba's not going to be able to play forever. The defensive line up front should be solid, but really offensively just become even more explosive, especially the great stuff. Thank you, Lewis. You got it, bro. Okay.
0: All righty. There it is. My man uh Lewis Riddick coming through for me. Some interesting stuff he said right there, man. Uh, you know, start off for sure, you know, his thoughts on Eric Fisher. Hey, you know, you know, Lou kind of put it out there, like, hey. You, know, you think this guy's about to be Joe Thomas? You know, you can <laughs> you can forget about that, but he could he could be a starting left tackle for a Super Bowl team. I think it's basically what I took out of that. Um, even if you got to readjust your expectations, I know the Chiefs still like him. I mean, I was talking to I was talking to John Dorsey this weekend, and uh, you know, he's of course he's going to defend this guy. He picked him number one overall, but John was pretty happy with the development Fish made as far as his uh, toughness his uh his feet his technique um and he he's got confidence too man like that's the big thing like here's this guy coming out of central Michigan um he's got great feet really I mean he really he does as as an athlete for a left tackle like it looks the right way you know and you know here was this guy who just like was going against grown men just grown ass men for the first time (laughs) you know and that's not to disparage the Mac like I'm a Michigan guy like I like that I like Mac football but like hey man it's a big jump from the Mac conference to friggin James Harrison and uh, Rob Quinn and all these great pass rushers so I thought hey man I, I I get it I I get it like maybe you do have to readjust Fisher's expectations but it was really promising for Fish that he started playing with more of an attitude because he's more confident now. And that, you know, the, the funny thing was like, we didn't see a lot of that the first two years, but in his college tape, he was really, really like, he was kind of a, you know, he was a mean prick. Like that's what you want from a left tackle, you know? And we kind of didn't see as much of that the first two years, but you know, I, I actually, and this is just me, you know, I'm I'm just kind of – I'm guessing here, but I think the Watt thing in week one like really might have been a turning point for him. Like, you know, you listen to radio shows and you heard people call him Erica and just like all this kind of stuff. And, like, you know, Fish is like a six, seven, 300-pound, like, dude. Like, that's a big dude. Like, and, like, he's a football player. So, like, these are, like, the most macho cats on earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like – you could be like in a football locker room and it's just like, you know, there is testosterone in the air. Like these is like macho cats. Right. Like just most of you guys will never go to NFL locker rooms. But just trust me, like, hey, man, like you walk in there like it, it's man. It's it just manhood. Like these cats is just these are alpha dudes. You get what I'm saying? And like you can't just like be in a locker room like that, and not have that rub off on you. A and B, like not kind of be that way yourself like and my point is like he has professional pride so like when the white stuff came out and you know him not playing through the ankle thing or whatever um you know I'm sure he felt like all right I gotta prove it to people and you know you could just kind of tell that that Houston game at the end of the year the 30-0 win meant something to him like you know, we, you heard us talk about this more on a podcast before, but, like, this dude, <laughs> he gives Watt this shot that basically sends Watt out the game, and they just keep showing it over and over and over on this jumbotron, and Houston fans are letting them have it. So not only do they show this thing, then they show him on the jumbotron. They show Fisher trying to get the crowd riled up, and Fish, and this is great, like, we're always going to remember this. Fish starts nodding his head up and down, and, like, saying, bring it to me, bring it to me, you know. And I thought that was a turning point for Big Fish, man. Um, I'll I tell you what, like, if he's enjoying playing the game like that and, like, he can continue to play nasty, man, you can win with Big Fish. He's just got to work on his technique and really clean that up, his technique and pass pro. And that that's an art, you know. Um, and, and that takes time, but it's also going to come down to how much Fish wants it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what that dude is like in 20 uh 2016 cuz he be pay- he he could be playing for some money now you know what i mean i mean he's slated to be a free agent after 2016 and the chiefs have a decision to make about him they can give him a fifth year option they can that's their choice as a club option for a fifth year which will put him under contract for 2017 but the thing is it's going to be like 10 million dollars 11 million dollars <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's a heck of a windfall and um you know I I think I think they got a choice to make there because yeah you don't want to give up on the number one overall pick in 2013 and just like let him go to the market um but that's a lot of money and it's a tricky situation because like if they if they give him the fifth year option um they 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 don't have to pay it unless he gets hurt so like here's the deal right Say they give him the fifth-year option, and in the deadline I think is by the start of the draft, so like late April, early May. Say they give him the fifth-year option for 2017. It would be for $10 million plus. If he doesn't get hurt and he plays the season out and they decide, man, this guy's not good enough, they can cut him before free agency next year and not have to pay him anything. But if they give him the option and he goes out there and he gets hurt bad, badly enough, is guaranteed for injury, so then he's on the cap for eleven or ten million dollars, and that's a significant chunk of change, man. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a lot of money, and that gives him leverage too to get an extension. Because the way things work in the NFL, if like even big money extensions have cheap, have really low cap numbers that first year, like Justin Houston, like he got a hundred million dollar contract. His first year cap it was like five million dollars. You get what I'm saying? So like. I mean, that gives him leverage. So, you know, he's hoping for the extension, I'm sure. Either he gets an extension or the option, but, like, either or is a good option for him. So that's an interesting thing the Chiefs are going to have to do. They've shown some loyalty to the guys that they've picked, though. And I think, you know, I'd be surprised if Fish wasn't achieving 2017. Like, they've spent all this time developing him. They like the player. He's grown up here. He's developing here. Like, you know, you can't just give up on him, man, And um, you know. And I tell you what, if he gets an extension, it's going to be something significant because, you know, maybe he's not as good as Lane Johnson right now, but Lane Johnson's setting, like, the tone of it all. You know, like, Lane Johnson's the one that just signed this massive deal with the Eagles. So, Chiefs are going to have some decisions to make, um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Fish. Um, The other thing he mentioned that I thought was really interesting and worth talking about was D. Ford. And we're gonna talk a little, a lot more about D. Four later in this podcast. Because again, I'm talking to Chuck Smith, and you're gonna hear that entire interview here with your boy. But um, you know, um, I was with Lou Riddick. Like, hey, I like D. Ford as a player. That first I, I saw him dominate the Senior Bowl, and you know, people mocked that. But like, this is the best of the best outside of the top ten or fifteen guys. And like, pass rushers in the day's football, they come at a premium. And no matter what you say about D. Ford, and he's got his flaws. No matter what you say about that dude. Very few get off the ball like him, and that matters. Like, that means something. <laughs> like, you can teach the rest, but few people jump the snap like D4. Like, it's like Madden. Like, you press that button trying to anticipate the snap, and you get off the ball. Like, it's like that. And he doesn't even need to do that to generate pressure because his first step is so good and it's so elite. Um, and I think I think Lou makes a good point. Like, people talk a lot about what D4 can do. You yeah. know, you talk about the coverage. You Talk about the run defense, even though he did get better at that this year, the the anticipation, the instincts, you know. But it's, it's all, talk about what he can do. And he can he – can, that speed rush is a lethal weapon. But – and I'm going to write about this at some point this offseason. Like, look for this. But, like, the key for him is developing that second pass rush move. Like, he's got to find or use some counters. Like, you got to make guys pay – for oversetting on you if they know the speed rush is coming. You know what I mean? Like You can't just, like, keep speed rushing cats and not expecting them to um, to fix it, uh, to, to adjust. So that's the thing for him, man. I it, it, You know what? And I also agree with Lewis about the uh, Chiefs' team needs this off season. Like, he wants to see him get another receiver. And I see that, too. You know, I see that, too. Um, you know, there's some guys out there I think that could probably be had for – not a lot of money in free agency. I mean, you could draft a guy and develop him, but like you know, it's better to just have a receiver that's almost plug and play, which is why um you know, I like Jermaine Curse from Seattle. Um and I also like uh Marvin Jones from the Bengals. Shout out to Nick Jacobs, um Time Warner Sports producer who kind of, you know, me and Nick talk sometimes and I I think um you know, just because we both love football, and I, I like, uh, I like that. That was his suggestion, like sign Marvin Jones, and I, I like that too. Like Marvin Jones is a good player. He's the Bengals' uh, receiver. He's he's pretty good, man. He's pretty good. So, um, I, I think there's options there, and I think that they got to bring in like a veteran guy. I think that's 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 kind of what they need to do. Um, and you know, I've also said, hey, they've got other positions they got to fortify as well, like interior tackle. That's some defensive tackle, um, maybe another offensive lineman, an offensive tackle, cornerback for sure. Um, you know, uh, even another tight end, they just signed Travis Kelsey to an extension, but a veteran tight end would really allow Kelsey to basically be a slot receiver. He could be devastating on that. You know what I mean? He could <laughs> he could be devastating like that would be yeah cuz Alex is going to throw him anyway like even if he's as an inline blocker but giving him more tight ends is always a good thing even though i know they like uh they like some of those guys they've got there developing like Harris and Ross Travis and James O'Shaughnessy and Parker Brian Parker so there's there's options there man um and uh I'll uh I, it's, you know I, I, I think obviously cornerback, i think tight end something. You, but receiver Lewis hit the hit the nail on the head like receiver is time to finally completely upgrade that because you'd be feeling pretty good with Albert Wilson as your three guy, or Conley as your three guy. You can be pretty deep there. So uh, I, I think I think now is a pretty good time to actually delve into D 4 though. I did a really good interview here with Chuck Smith who was gracious to give me a good amount of time. And Chuck is a master of pass rush. He knows all about it. And he, again, he trained D. So I was interested for his thoughts on uh, what the Chiefs' 2014 first-round pick can do to improve as a football player. Um, and, uh, yeah, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck gave me a good 15 minutes, so dial on in, get ready. Here we go. This is good stuff. Check it out. This is Chuck Smith on D4, former Atlanta Falcons uh, pass rusher, and he's a current um, D-line trainer. So, here we go. Check it out. And thank, thanks for joining us, Chuck. Yeah, you got, no problem. Look, man, you know pass rush. Yeah. Uh, you, you're a trainer, you, you, you help mm-hmm. draft prospects learn the art of pass rushing. Right. You love pass rushing. You've seen D Ford the last two years, haven't mm-hmm. you? You've got a yeah. good opportunity to look yeah. at it. What is your impression of what D's become, and you know what does he got to do to take that next step?
2: Well, I think one of the first things D has to do is he has to make a commitment to learning two signature pass rush moves, because mm-hmm. what happens when you're very fast, if you have no moves, you just get blocked faster. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just how it goes. So I just think D has to learn how to have, you know, two moves that don't warrant speed. Mm -hmm. Because when you slow down, you know, if you don't develop signature moves, almost like what I look at when you look back at what happened to Javon Kirst. You know, speed only gets you so far. And I think one of the things that, you know, D needs to cultivate is his speed and spin. I think he's also got to work on a couple other hand-to-hand placement moves, whether it's chops or swipes, but I just think also, you know, you just got to keep developing, because I just think, you know, you got the one big guy that you learned from in Justin Houston, who's basically a mauler, he's a speed rush, speed the bull guy, you can run over guys, then you got the other guy who's just a really great technician that gave a lot of effort, I think D has to somewhere figure out his mentors, who he really is, both of them have different intangibles, but what they do fits... They do what they do. They do it well. So I just think um, D has some, you know, has an opportunity. But you know, smart pass rushes use their pass rush moves.
0: Who, when you look at D four, who, who should he kind of in that same vein? Who should he use as a basis for you know, to model his game after? Like you look at his body, his skill set. Like who should he try to be? Well, D four to me
2: should try to be. I, I'd say right now, Bruce Irvin. Bruce is, you know, Bruce has never gotten the 10 to 15 sacks yet, but because he plays off the ball, they can match him up. He's got speed, you know. I'd like to see D getting around those seven and a half to ten and a half sacks. And Patterson's game after Bruce Irvin, to me, that's, you know, as a rusher and as a linebacker, that's who he is, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think that, uh, just like Bruce, you know, continue to develop. But I, I think that's a comparable comparison because I always hear Von Miller it's not a fair comparison there's no one like Von Miller you know um, not even the guys that are on his team it's not a shot they're special players you understand what I'm saying but they're different kind of special you know where Justin can go for 20 Von can't do Justin's power and speed and some good shifty moves I mean Von is the the Michael Jordan of pass rushers man and I think D Ford at this point has to establish himself as a pass rusher he's lost that right so you got to establish that by being productive, and I think it starts with training. I think it starts with moving further away from the draft. When people keep telling you're a pass rusher, but the, when the cheering stops after the draft, all that matters is production. So you've probably got, in, this, in the way the draft works, and this is not a D4 issue. anybody Anybody's in those first and second round. It's about 10 other dudes that ain't even been that didn't go that went fourth, fifth round. If you go look, that are making Pro Bowls, that are getting double digits. So you got to really, it's a humble thing for a guy to say, you know what, I was the projection is not the reality right now, and D4 can be a phenomenal pass rusher, he's just got to develop
1: that second.
2: that second and third move, because he's going to always have speed, but you got to develop things that come off the speed, and I
0: think it, that'll help him. Let's kind of talk about what he has to work with. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think... I don't
1: I think people understand sometimes yeah. just how special the first step is. We've talked about that oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, t- tell me kind of the moldable play that's here for this guy. Yeah. I mean, what does he have to work with?
2: Well, has a great first step. And one of the things that D needs to continue to work on, you don't have to jump the count to get sacks. If you watch Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware the other night, they, they never even flinched. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you have to work on is you don't have to guess and take calculated risks to get sacks on your get-off. He has a phenomenal get-off. And D runs at least a 4-5, I mean, four, low 4-5s. Four and I just think it's one of those things also, what I, what I believe needs to happen, just because you're in the 4-3, you don't always need to stand up as a 3-4 rusher. And that's a that's a, a scheme thing. And that's something that is positioned and D-line coach would have to, is positioned and coordinated would have to really look at. Let me just ask you this. And I know it, it's always cool to have linebackers stand up, but if same Bolt could take off as fast as uh, the guys that stand up, what would he do? He'd stand up. So I just think it's an NFL issue, a problem. Everybody knows D's coming, but he's quicker when he has his hand down in the dirt. And that's, that's
0: – I think it's important that you mention that. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Yeah. Now I'm going to jump in real quick and make, make a point here. Um, Chuck's got a good point, man. Like Chuck's got a real good point. But to be fair to the Chiefs, yeah, there were times last year where D4 did put his hand in the dirt. And I honestly think he should do it more. Like, the guy is better out of his stat, out of his stance, and a three-point stance, where he can just explode off the snap out of a three-point stance. That's what he did in college. Just do what the guy does well. Like, there's no law that says a 3-4 defensive end has to be in a two-point stance. Like, there's no law. Do what the guy does well. And they've done more of that. But I'd like to see them um, continue to take uh, advantage of his skills that way. Uh, all right, let's continue. I just wanted to make that point. Let's continue. Why wouldn't you just take advantage of what he does best, which is put that hand in the dirt and get upfield? Like, why wouldn't teams do that? I, he, he's done, to be fair, yeah. though, he's done more of it this year. Yeah. But why yeah. wouldn't that be more of a full-time thing?
2: Well, I think it's also something that when you play uh, outside linebacker, everybody has this per- preconceived notion that you have to stand up to be a, you know, right. to be an outside linebacker. But let's be real. If I just did not put my hand down, I'm a defensive end, but my hips and my feet are in the same spot. Right. So you're really nothing but <laughs> down. Right. You know what I mean? Right, I got you. are really standing up. You know, so regardless if I'm standing up right here, regardless if I'm right here, if I'm right here, my first step is the same. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm going to jump in here again real quick. Because, <laughs> like, right, what just happened right there is that Chuck got out of his seat And, like, started, like, showing me, like, how to do what he was talking about. And that's how I know that that guy is passionate about pass rush. Like, people who love football, who coach football, like, they can't talk about football without, like, demonstrating physically what they're talking about. Like, they love to coach the game. And uh, that's just a hint. Like, if you ever want to see if someone really loves football and they're a coach, see how often when they're talking about it, they demonstrate what they're talking about as far as, like, technique – or whatever because if you love it you just can't help it so again just another pop and we we'll get back to it
2: that makes sense okay. so i just think you know people get not saying kc but i think you're kind of cute a little bit some guys but i just think i just think also these got to put more time into training and let me just say this that's the best way to say this without killing everybody um I mean, it's a fact What I really believe um, Let me see I'll tell you what affects guys see, Like D When you go to combine training You spend eight weeks with a guy And all they care about is speed mm-hmm. And you waste eight weeks of training You come into the league And you never have time To get that time back
0: that makes sense. Yeah
2: So, again Nothing against get to where he trained at With Pete Barberino. They worry about speed All day It's all speed So a lot of times what you're seeing now is trainers are affecting NFL players' futures. You become a first-rounder now, but guess what? After the cheering stops, becoming a bust can happen really fast because think about this, man. So what I'm doing right now and not saying that these guys will be great players, Mm -hmm. the reason why Reggie Ragland, Noah Spence, and all those guys, Daddy Nicholas and DJ Reader, dominated today, and the reason why D4 dominated, he had already had a foundation, he had pass rush on his mind. He was training all the time on it. So what happens is, man, when guys go to facilities, I had trained D in the summer. You know, he had pass rush. I mean, I consulted him the whole year. So even so, what happens is when guys end up going to um, training facilities,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like a good example is another one, Vic Beasley. He went eight weeks last year of speed, right. and and you should have not you should have one third pie. I don't believe pass rush is more important than speed when it comes to combine. But I believe that during that time, we have a unique time frame to develop guys because we can do more at the combine because we have so much free time during the day. So I think D's also a victim of uh, the the way the combine has always been done, but also not handicapping him, not but also not letting his position coach off the hook. Right. So... I don't believe I don't know who his position coach is, and it might be a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And this is the last thing I'll say: How do you develop as a pass rusher when you never get to learn how to truly rush because you're a product of a scheme? So there's so many things that D has to overcome, and the only person that can do it is him. Do you think it would help him
0: if he played more often? Like, do, you no. think would, do you think it would help him if he got regular playing time and he kind of? Oh yeah, he'll
2: improve more playing time. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody reps. The more reps you get, he'll get better. But in all fairness to D Ford, you play your role, man. In every great player's career, they take the old guy's position. They take it. You take it. You don't ask. And Tom ain't trying to give, give it up. <laughs> and, 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 hey, That's when I point, when, yeah. when I was in Atlanta, Patrick Kearney ran me out of town. Took my job. I ran Chris Dolman out of town. So let's, it, it's like that every great player, and if you ever look, look at Justin. I'm sure Justin moved someone out. And I bet you Tomba did, too. The
0: great, You're saying the great ones don't have the job given to them?
2: They, they take, take it. it. They take it, man. And, and that's because you, and you, you're so driven. But that's how you, if you look at the history of really I me, mean, look at guys in these situations, that's kind of how it works. Like, right now, who's a nut? Shane Ray. Oh. You're the same guy. But, man, Shane Ray got in the game the other night, and he's already rolling, you know. So, and him and D are a lot alike in the same situation, but... D, the time to perform, the sense of urgency is coming, but in all fairness, again, to D for it. I mean, how do you get a comfort zone when you know Tom and those guys are there? So it's not like, you know, but if he really wants it, take Tomba's position or Justin's position, and you get that $100 million.
0: If that's the guy <laughs> Going to jump in one last time. That's, uh, that's strong stuff, man, but it's interesting, man. First of all, Make something clear. Uh, you know, he was talking about where D trains. I, I'm, I'm assuming it was, uh, Pete um, it's Pete Um he has got a good reputation from what I hear. I, I'm pretty sure Pete does a good job. Um, it's important to remember, like, hey, you know, Chuck is a trainer too, so he's got his own opinions about how to do stuff. So it, it's important to be fair there. Like, you gotta, you gotta remember, like, there's insight here, and it's good stuff. But, like, you know, trainers have their different methods. And it's definitely, you know, it's you just got to remember that. Like, trainers have their different methods. There's multiple ways to get from one spot to another. Let's pick it back up here.
2: Got to be your mentality, but it ain't going to happen yet because he hasn't done enough to warrant saying, hey, you know, but, but that's what he's got to do. He's either going to inherit the job or he's going to take the job.
0: And to be fair, though, the two guys in front of him, they can still ball. Yeah, 50, 50 is one of the best to do it, man. Right. And you know, Tomba,
1: Tomba, er- you know this. He was one of your favorite pass rushers when we talked a year ago. Tama yeah. and
2: Justin are yeah. two guys that I have a lot of respect for, but we're talking about D. Yeah. In every great player's career, if D came out and got three, four sacks in the game, him and are in time. Let's be real now. So when he gets a chance, mm-hmm. you can't lose Contain. You know, it affects when you get hurt. So there's so many little things that... That, that'll help D down the line, you know, when it comes to pass rush. You got to seize the moment. So it's easy to see and say what could have, should have, would have. Mm-hmm. But when you get on the field, you know, have you trained, have you did all those things that it takes to be great. And, um, you know, I don't train D for it. So I don't know what he's doing. But, you know? but to
0: be fair, though, this isn't like you shooting from
1: the cuff on him. You. Like, you've no. talked to him, you've worked with him. You just kind of get into, like, whatever. What, what background do you have with D? Like, no, a, I trained
2: him in college right. and I consulted him up until the combine. All right.
1: So you know what he's got to work with. D four can be a
2: great player. And I expect D to be a great player because I know he's passionate. He has all the intangibles. But again, everybody's a dog when they come out in the draft and they're the first rounder. I'm not it's not a D thing. It's just an example. Everybody says, I'm going for 10 this year. Everybody says that, you know, but you gotta do it. At some point, you don't get credit for being projected as a pass rusher when you ain't did it. You got to do it now.
0: now my, I guess my last question yeah. to you is that when you worked with them, yeah. did you get the sense that D-Love loves, D-Ford loves football? Did you get the sense that yeah, he loves Yeah, D-Ford, lo- I
2: think D-Ford loves football, and um, he loves football.
0: I think he does too. Yeah,
2: I think he loves football. I'm not going to question any of that, but I just, think, I just think D's in a tough situation too. I mean, you got, again, you just said you got two of the top pass rushers of our generation in front of you. You know, you haven't done enough to separate yourself. But when you do get your shot, whenever one of them does, you know, Justin's been slowed up a little bit. You know, you'd like to see when Justin was—he was getting more reps with Justin Tamba—that he would flash and you know make some plays. But I think, I think the future is still bright for D, because I, I know he's healthy and he still can run. But you don't get credit for being a sack man. When you ain't getting no sacks, so at some point he's got to get sacks, or he's going to have to answer to the Chiefs, and they're going to have to answer to, to the boss. You know, if he doesn't, and you know. So it's, but I, but his talent. I mean, I, I like to see him use a little more power. But again, I don't train D it. I don't know where he's training at. So if D Ford want to get back to 10, get ten sacks, you tell him to call me. He know where I'm
0: at. Now, Chuck, thank you so much for your time. Very insightful stuff. Tell us what you're up to, man. Like, What, what are you doing these days, man?
2: Um, right now, man, I'm in the middle of a special program that we're going to do every year. It's called Big Skill Training. I'm at D1 Orlando. Mm-hmm. Training uh, D-line and outside and inside linebackers on all skill and pass rushing development for the Pro Day Combine. And also, we're, you know, just preparing them for a life in the NFL. And it's the first of its kind. Exclusively designed for the front seven. Is this, is this something that
0: college kids should go to or is it can
2: high schoolers come in oh I have I train high school college players year round Mm -hmm. we're by appointment only so you can go to chucksmithnfl.com if they need more information on me but you can I train all levels of it but on Twitter and social media you know it's always people that resonate a little more with college and pros and that always helps you get the high school
0: kids (laughs) now Chuck I've known you for a while man um no one loves the pass rush like Chuck Smith So if anybody out there Wants to learn how to do it Willing to invest in themselves College guys College pass rushers You should holler at this man Because this man Loves football Loves the pass rush And most importantly Loves to teach it Now you love to instruct pass rushers man And um yeah, again, thank you so much for the time. And, you know, we wish you the best going forward, man.
2: Man, I appreciate you all as taking time to show love towards me, man, and the, the efforts you put into growing the awareness of Pass Rush because there's not many – I can't name one other place that did that kind of in-detail articles that you've done over the last years on Pass Rush and Move. So I just commend you because, Pat, let's be real. Kansas City is a Pass Rush historical town from obviously – from two of my favorites, Neil and DT, all the way back to Justin and Tamba, and hopefully D Ford.
0: Absolutely. You know what? The people out there, they're going to love hearing that, Chuck. They're <laughs> going to love hearing that. Hey, thanks again for your time, man. We wish you the best going forward, brother.
2: I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much.
1: All right, here it
0: is, Chuck Smith. Come with some interesting thoughts on D Ford, man. Um, I said multiple times, I, I like the kid. I like him as a person, I, I like him as a football player. I, I like the talent coming out, but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, Chuck's got a point. Like, when D four gets regular playing time, and he started getting some this year, but there's gonna come a year when he's playing 15, 16 games, and he's gonna have to have that sack number up there. <laughs> you know, um, I'm pretty sure D's confident he can do it. You know, I've talked to him before, and I know, you know he's a confident guy, and you know, he he just wants the reps, and I get that too. Um, I think he's gonna be one of the more intriguing guys to follow in camp. When we get to July, and it's time to put the pads on and start hitting, I really can't wait to see what D four looks like. Like, you know, because if he can combine this, like like Chuck said, man, if he can combine that that speed rush with like a reliable number two move or number three move, like an inside spin, which he should have in his arsenal, uh, you know, an inside club move once guys overset on him, like these are moves that are teachable. He just has to get a feel for them. And if D Ford ever puts that together, I mean, and they let him mix in some three-point stance rushing, like, man, he's got a chance to be a good football player. Um, and he did. And, you know, all that is just to say, like, hey, he also made some strides this year too. Like, you know, people want you to come in and immediately be like Von Miller. But people have different paths to becoming good players in this league. They just do. And there's not a lot of first-round picks with the caliber of player ahead of him. You know, Tamba can still play. And Justin can, <laughs> obviously Justin can too. Justin's a great player, but yeah, man, I mean, it's a big year number three for D, and uh, they're gonna be watching him for sure. And you guys are gonna be watching him too. He's one of the guys I get asked about the most. So <laughs> um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I, this is a little different format than normal. Not as much laughter, not as no, much banter. Heavy technical, especially when it came to the pass rush. But I want to. I, I think it's good to mix it up sometimes, and I think some of you guys appreciate it. You know, most of you get I, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll find out. I, I know a lot of you guys are just interested in, like, being entertained or whatever. But for some of you, this this should have been pretty good. So, give me some feedback. Holler at me on Twitter, at um or email me or whatever. Just let me know what you think. Uh, you know, I, we're going to crank, crank, close this thing on down now. Um, you yeah, know, I, I think I need you guys to go to iTunes, you know, Sports SportsBeatKC. Rate and review us. Just help us. Um, just do it. Trust us; it helps us get us get our ranking out there. Um, also, remember to download our Red Zone app to stay on top of all your Chiefs news. It's the off season, baby. There's a lot of news happening, and I'm I'm here. I'm here for you. Just uh, make sure you stay on top of it by getting that app. Finally, shout out to uh, our producer Chris Fickett for putting this together. Appreciate it, man. Um, shout out to Kevin McLeod for giving us this badass music, and shout out to all of you for buying the paper, clicking and reading our stories. And if it wasn't for you guys, man, we couldn't do what we love, which is covering pro football and telling great stories. So I'll be back in the studio soon. Don't know what the subject would be yet, but we'll have something. Maybe I'll have an A-teamer with me. Maybe I won't. But whatever it is, it'll be something uh, pure and uh, interesting, I hope. and uh, I hope you guys check it out. So for the rest of the A-team, those guys are on the assignment. This is Therese signing off. I'm out of here, man. Deuces.